The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. Hello, this is uh, Dr. Adesis. And for those of you who cannot spell or spell it, it's A, D like in David, I, Z, E, S. I'm very happy to be back here on air and to share with you my 40 years of experience of helping organizations manage better. Last week, we covered what is management. For those of you who are joining the segment right now, the program right now, you can go back to the archives and uh, retrieve that first lecture about what is management all about because it's not so simple. People misunderstand it. And um, some people even have a political quote-unquote rash on the word management in the field of arts. Management is synonymous with exploitation. People don't know what it is. So, in that segment, we covered what it is. What is its role? And let me summarize it here. The bottom line is the role of management is to solve problems caused by change. Thank you very much. Period. That's it. If there is no change, there is no need to manage. You can lie on the beach and get a suntan. Nothing to manage. You manage when there is change because whenever there is change, there are problems. And why are they called problems? Because change means a new event that you need to deal with. You have to decide what to do. You have to implement the decision and deciding what to do and implementing that decision is a problem. That's why people say, I have a problem. What to do? And I define problem as controllable. Otherwise, it's not a problem. It's a fact. It's a sensation. There's nothing you can do about it. So just redefine, reframe your problem as something that is controllable, something you can do something about it. It has to be either undesirable or unexpected, which means we are not doing the best we can, the best that can be expected. Then we have a problem. It's controllable, but it is undesirable and or unexpected. And at the end of that presentation last week, I said, reframe again and look at the problem as an opportunity. What is opportunity? To do better, to learn from it. What can we learn from it? Then you're going to the next level. You're going deeper. 
First you look at the manifestation, then you look at causes, then you look at causes to causes, which means, why am I not doing the best that can be expected? Why am I not expecting better? Why am I not doing the desirable like better? So I'm going to get deeper and deeper to the root that is giving rise to the problem. That's why I don't like to talk about problems. <laughs> I really like to talk about PIPS. PIPS is an acronym for Potential Improvement Point. Is there a potential to improve? If there is a potential to improve, then let's go and do something about it. Then we can say that's a problem. If there is no potential to improve, you're doing the best that you can be expected. There is no PIP. There is no potential for improvement. Keep going. I don't have a PIP that I'm short. When I was very young, I, was, I thought it's a big problem I'm short. I really like to be tall. Well, <laughs> there is no PIP. There is no potential for improvement until somebody discovers some innovation of some pill, you know, that will make me taller. Right now, that's what it is. That's what it is. Live with what you have because that's all you can control. Okay, we covered that material last week. I think it's time to go forward. What does it mean to go forward? You have to analyze and ask yourself, is, it, is this PIP, is this problem, or I also call it upper threat, opportunity and a threat at the same time. Because as I said last time, every problem is an opportunity to do better. It's a call for action to learn. And every opportunity could be a problem if you mishandle it. So it's an upper threat. It really looks at you, this new event caused by change, and asks you, what do you want it to be? An opportunity or a threat? It's up to you how you look at it. Some people see every problem as an opportunity. And some people see every opportunity as a problem. The first group are the entrepreneurial types. Oh, there's a problem here. You know what we can do? Blah, blah, blah. It creates a lot of excitement because it stimulates their thinking. And they like to solve problems. They actually create problems so they have something to do. And for the administrative types, the bureaucratic types, Oh, every opportunity is a problem. Oh, my God, what are we going to do about it? Oh, it's a big problem. I don't know what to do about it. That's very... <laughs> every opportunity is a problem. And for others, every problem is an opportunity. Thus, all pips, all problems are really upper threats. They're an opportunity and a threat at the same time. They just looks at you and says, what would you like me to be? You decide by the way you look at it. It's all in your head, my friends. It's all between our ears, how we look at the world. You can convert every problem into an opportunity, you know? Let me tell you how you do that. Let me show you how. Usually when we have a problem, we ask ourselves, why? Why do we have the problem? Oh God, why do we have the problem? Please realize that the word why does not focus you on anything. Oh, why, 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 why? I don't know why. As a matter of fact, you realize that the word why will not bring you a solution. A child can defeat a Nobel Prize winner 
in any argument with only asking three times the same question. And the question is, why? The Nobel Prize laureate says, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta, and the little kid just opens his mouth and says, why? Now the Nobel Prize winner says, okay, here is why. The little kid says, why? Do you realize that by the third or maximum the fourth why, the Nobel Prize winner is going to say, I don't know. And the little kid will say, aha, I defeated you. All that the kid had to do is the word why. You can defeat any argument with three times repeating the word why. It really is not constructive. This is their erroneous thinking that if I understand why, I know how to solve the problem. Wrong. Why will not take you too far? Will not take you too far. In medicine, we t- many times we don't know why certain disease happens. As a matter of fact, we, uh, even after thousands of years of medical practice and study and analogy, you name it, science, we still don't know why. Many, many things know why. We maybe know very little, maybe 5%. Even that is questionable if you go deeper. Why electricity works? We don't know yet. So forget the word why. Please forget the word why. So what should I do when I diagnose the problem? How do I turn it into an opportunity? Let me tell you how. In all languages, that I know at least, and I know nine, but people from all over the world write to me and say, oh, it's true in our language too. And I challenge you too to write to me to my address ichak at adizes.com. So my name is my email address. And tell me if it's true in your language too. The word why is synonymous with the word what for. Spanish. Por que, para que. Hebrew. Le, ma, lama. Slavic languages. Za, što. Za, što. Which means you can translate the word why into the word what for. So when you diagnose a problem, ask yourself, what for do I have this problem? What for do I have this problem? That will make it into a learning experience. What for God did you bring me this problem? What is it that you expect me to learn? What are you expecting me to improve? What do you expect me to make better? Aha! Now I'm focused. Do you realize that? Now I turn that problem into an opportunity. And just so I can confide to you something from my personal life. When my kids were very young and uh, they were going to sleep, usually, usually, parents read them stories, right? Very good. I also like to read them stories. But you know what I like to do as well? Lie next to them. They're only 50 months apart. And talk about their problems. And then show them how to convert the problem into an opportunity. Why do you have this problem? What for? What is there for you to learn? What did you learn from it? I fell off the tree, I hurt myself. Okay, what did you learn from it? To watch out how you climb trees. Thank you, that was a class. Make every problem in your life a learning experience. 
Every problem in your life is an invitation for growing, for learning, for improving. And all at once, life is not so miserable. You know that? It's one long class. As I said already, a class you fail will be repeated until you learn. And the faster you learn, the stronger you become. Okay? This is how to turn problems into opportunities. How every problem is an upper threat. In the next segment, we are going to say, okay, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? See you soon. Listen to me again. Thank you. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. The ADESIS management methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. Adesis Management Methodology is delivered by the Adesis Institute with offices worldwide. Introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the Adesis Institute today. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Adesis Speakers Bureau can present the Adesis methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two-, four-, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Now we're going to talk about what to do. Here we have a problem, which is an opportunity to learn. How do we go about it? I already said it has to be controllable. Oh... Not everything is controllable, you know. I even have on my, <laughs> jokingly I call it my Jewish managerial mezuzah. Mezuzah is something that Jews put at the door 
and when they go into the house or leave the house, they kiss it. It's a prayer. I have my own managerial mezuzah, and it is that prayer that says, God, give me the courage to change the things I can change, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference. I want to talk about that wisdom. The courage to change the things you can change, which means controllable, and uh, serenity to accept what you cannot change. But then there's something in between. <laughs> what does it mean? Well, you're not totally sure it's controllable, but you know it's not uncontrollable. Uh, what do I do? Well, that's what the subject is now. Look. What do you need in order to make it controllable? What do you need in order to make it controllable? First of all, what you need is authority to decide. Do you have the authority to make a decision what to do about this problem or this opportunity? And authority means the right that people accept, that you have that right to make that decision. And what does it mean to make a decision? Let's go over that. It means the right to say yes, and usually people will continue and say, or no. And that's a mistake. Forget the word or. Because or means you have the right to say yes, or you have the right to say no. That means that some people have the right to say yes, but they don't have the right to say no, which is relatively rare. Or they have the right to say no, but they don't have the right to say yes, which is very prevalent. This is called bureaucracy. In the bureaucracy, you go to a bureaucrat and say, can we do this? He says, no. But <laughs> can you say yes? No, I cannot say yes. So who can say yes? All the way up the hierarchy, to the top of the hierarchy. So how come you can, you can say no? Because in a bureaucracy, they bifurcated. There are millions of people who can say no, and only one person can say yes. That's why it's a bureaucracy. Everything is stopped by no-sayers. That's why they bring a consultant who insists to talking to the top person of the chart because that's the only person who can say yes. Well, in my managerial philosophy, and that's what I'm teaching you here, authority, the right to decide, means the right to say yes and no, not right to say yes or no, yes and no, which means if you don't have the right to say yes, you do not have the right to say no. No way. So I go to my boss and say, boss, can we do this? No. Uh, can you say yes? No, I cannot say yes. So who can say yes? You must pass this problem up the ladder to the level where the person can say yes and no. Otherwise, the whole organization is paralyzed. Nothing is moving. The person that knows how to that can say yes does not know what's going on. And those that know what's going on are only saying no. So nothing happens. So the first question on a problem is, do you have the right, so-called authority, to say yes or no to the decision that you want to take to solve the problem? And in order to have control, you must have that authority. You must have that right. That's step number one. Is it good enough? Here are the bad news. Authority, the right to say yes and no, 
and a quarter will buy a cup of coffee. How many times have you decided something, told your spouse, I want you to do this and that, and nothing happened? Or you tell the children, it doesn't happen. Or you tell your subordinates, it doesn't happen. By the way, you're in very good company. Do you realize that Hitler had the power to kill people, to sentence them to death? He decided to burn Germany in front of the Allied forces and gave an order, burn Germany in front of the Allied forces. It's called the burn earth strategy. You want to destroy Germany in front of the, the Allied forces will find the destroyed Germany. It didn't happen. The generals refused to do it. They didn't do it. Burn Paris. The commander of Paris did not do it. So you have, you have the authority. You can decide. So, so you decide. So what? It's a necessary but incomplete capability. What else do you need? You need power. And what's power? In the case of Hitler, he had power too. Still did not work. So we'll have to talk about the third factor soon. But let's cover the second factor first. What's power? It's a capability to punish and or reward. If I can hurt you, or I can give you pleasure, give you what you want, which is reward, I have power over you. And how much power I have over you depends on two factors. How much do you need me? The more you need me, the more power I have over you. Because I can withhold what you need, which is a punishment, or give you what you expect and you need, which is a reward. So how much, how much you need me is one factor. And the second factor is how much monopoly I have over what you need. That's why to be in love is an overpowering experience. Why is it overpowering? Because we do two things. We say, I need you. I cannot live without you. You are the only one. And I need you very much and you're the only one. Do you realize that? You have a total monopoly over what I need. Wow, you are extremely powerful. Anytime you cough, I'm in panic. I'm in love. Love is very painful, isn't it? So how are you free? When I don't need you, and you're not the only one anyway. Wow, but that's what happens. You protected yourself from the pain. But what did you remove at the same time? The reward. And now you're lonely. Oh my God, I'm alone in life. There is no love in my life. <laughs> and then when you're in love, oh, it's so painful. It is two sides of the same coin. That's why power is a capability to grant or withhold punishment and or, re or reward. They're the same, two sides of the same coin. Would you agree with me now? that to withhold expected reward is a punishment. I don't have to punish you. I just don't want, give you what you are expecting from me. What is your reward? I withhold reward, like cooperation. You need my cooperation. I don't give it to you. I'm actually punishing you because you need my cooperation. I need you to do something and you're not doing it and I'm stuck. 
you're de facto punishing me. So who has power over you? Whomever you need. Wow, 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 wow. Why, wow, wow, wow. Because modern life is very disempowering, isn't it not? Our interdependencies are increasing. Hundred years ago, a person was a parent, the teacher, the plumber, the provider, the cook, the driver, everything. Today we have more and more specialization, more and more specialization. And what does it mean? Many more people to rely on, many more people whose cooperation you need. If the plumber does not arrive in time and you're waiting for him to come and fix your pipes, oh my God, I feel punished. Life is miserable. If the television doesn't work, it's miserable. The more interdependencies, the more people have power over us. Why? Because more people we need. That's why life is disempowering in the modern world. That's why small is beautiful. Isn't it? So in order to control a problem, what do you need? Authority, which means the right to make a decision. But you also need the capability to make the person cooperate because we need others to carry out our decision. So we need the cooperation and those people that we need to cooperate to implement the decision have power over us, and if they don't want to cooperate, we don't have control. We have authority without control, because authority without power is insufficient control. You decided, so you decided. But look at Hitler. Hitler had the authority and the power. He could have executed them. It didn't work. So what else do you need? You also need influence. And what is influence? Oh, that's a more difficult one to explain. Influence is a capability to make somebody do something without using authority or power. So, I have no authority to tell you what to do. I cannot punish you if you don't do it. I have no power over you. You don't need my cooperation. You don't need anything from me. So I have no, no string to pull. But I can convince you. I can explain to you. That's called influence. And you will do it because you're convinced. Because you got co-opted. Because now you believe in it yourself. It's your decision now. Not mine. When that happens, I have control. When I have the authority to tell you what to do, you're scared for me if you don't do it, or you will be rewarded if you do it. I have power over you, and I have the capability to convince you that it is worthwhile doing. Now we have control. What to do when you don't have control? You don't have all the three ingredients in the next segment.
up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Learn about applying the ADESIS methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the ADESIS methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Join the Adesis Graduate School for online master's and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. All right. So, you have a problem. In order to solve it, you need to control. It has to be controllable, otherwise it's not just a problem. Now, control means that you have authority, you have the right to make a decision, you have power, which means the other person whose cooperation you need will cooperate or otherwise. And you have influence. You can convince them why it is good for them to do that. Let me go over influence a little bit more because I want to be sure that I'm clear on that. Let me give you an example. What I'm doing right now, right now, I hope is influence. Why? If you're going to manage differently because of these lectures, because of these presentations in the future, it's not because I have authority over what you do. I don't even know who is listening. I don't know any of you. I have no authority, no right to tell you what to do, to do anything different from what you did in the past. I have no power either. I don't know you. I don't know where you are. I cannot say, well, guys, if you don't listen to me, if you don't do it differently, I'm not going to continue giving these lectures. <laughs> That's ridiculous, right? But maybe I can convince you 
because it makes sense. And you're going to do it because you believe in it now. Aha, uh -huh. that is influence. So if you ever want to check whether you're influencing people, play the scenario in your head, play the following scenario in your head. If there was nobody in the room but just me and the other person, and there is no recording of what I tell them, there is no record of what I'm telling them, and as soon as I finish telling them what to do, I get a heart attack and I die, so nobody in the whole world knows what I told them to do. Are they going to do it? If you believe they're going to do it, there was influence. If, the other, if you believe that the other person is going to say, well, nobody knows, nobody knows what he wants me to do, so pff, I don't have to do it, there was no influence. Influence has to be clean. It has to be that the other person believes in it himself. By the way, that's how I do my consulting. I help an organization reorganize itself. And let's say we do a totally new organization chart. Just before they approve the chart, I do the following game, quote-unquote. I said, you know, guys, I'm not so sure this is a good chart. Here are some of the problems of the chart. They usually get upset at me. They say, Dr. Adiz has done it. We worked long enough on it. We believe in it. It is the best chart we can have, and we are going to do it even if you don't like it. I said, thank you very much. What does it mean? It's your chart. You're not doing it because I come in with a big fee and with a big name and with all kinds of doctorates behind my name, and you're doing it because I said so. That's called consulting, and I really don't like consulting. I'm not a consultant. I heal organizations. I help organizations be better. So it's your decision. It's your baby. It's your chart, which means I did influence them. There was no power and there was no authority. If you have authority to decide, you have the right to decide, so people cannot say, who are you to tell me? And by the way, this question of authority is quite questionable in personal life. You know, 100 years ago, men wore pants in the house. They would decide. Women were subservient. Maybe it was more than 100 years ago. It feels it was 1,000 years ago. Well, in modern world, that doesn't work anymore that way. The wife can say, hey, 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 who are you to decide? We have to decide together. We are partners. And sometimes the children are confused. Who has authority to decide? Is it mama or is it papa? Where am I? Are mom and papa together? And not together, what the hell do we do as children? So who has authority in the family is not what it used to be. Hello, all you machos, or you guys that are in countries where men are still dominating. Don't hold your breath. The world is changing. Who has authority is becoming more and more questionable. It's not individualized anymore. And it's also happening in companies. Who has authority? People want to participate in decisions. They don't accept your right to decide unilaterally anymore, Mr. Boss. And look at what's happening on a macro scale. Arab Spring, riots in Russia, the Velvet Revolution, the Orange Revolution, you name it. 
people are starting to raise their head and say, hey, you government, we don't accept your authority to decide unilaterally anymore. We want to participate. Freedom to the people, power to the people. Occupy Wall Street, occupy every city in the United States or in the world. There is a revolution going on. Where is authority lie is not clear anymore. And power is being shared by more and more people because of interdependency. So what is controllable is becoming more and more questionable. It could be controllable, but it requires more than one person. When that happens, you don't have a problem now. You have what I call a pre-problem. What is a pre-problem? It is controllable, but it requires multiple players, multiple people to solve it. When you can solve it by yourself, all you need to do is sit down in a nice quiet corner of the house or the office, disconnect the telephones, think about it, decide, communicate your decision, follow up on the decision, it will be done. That's called, it is your problem. <coughs> there is no need to call a meeting. You call a meeting because you need to share the information to inform the people what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to report. End of the story. It is your decision. It is thus your problem. When you believe you don't have the authority to decide and or power to implement and or influence to convince the knowledge to make the people convinced. You don't have a problem. Now you have a pre-problem. And what's your pre-problem? How do I get all those that are needed to solve the problem into one room to cooperate? I have the authority, but I don't have power. I don't have influence. That's called a pre-problem. I want to repeat this because I don't think I was clear in the previous message, so I better clarify it again. When I have authority, the right to decide, the power to make people cooperate because they need me, and I have the influence, which means the knowledge to convince them, that's called my problem. I just have to decide, communicate, and execute. That's it. When I have authority, only authority, but no power and no influence, I have the authority to decide, but, oh my God, I'm not so sure that the people whose cooperation I need will cooperate. And or, I don't have the knowledge, the sufficient information to convince people what is the right thing to do. Now I don't have a problem. I have a pre-problem. I have only authority, and that's not good enough. As I said, authority and a quarter will buy you a cup of coffee. That's not too much. That's not enough. So you decide. So what if you decide? Now your pre-problem, or you can call it your problem that you have to solve before you can solve the real problem, is how to get the people that have power and the people that have the influence to cooperate to solve the problem. And that's a problem in itself. Because you might call a meeting and nobody shows up. 
or the people with power don't want to cooperate. Or you don't know where the knowledge is, but who has the influence. Now what the hell do you do? Now you have to call a meeting. When you have a problem, you don't have to call a meeting. Now you have to call a meeting. Why do you have to call a meeting? Because you need their cooperation, that's why. And what happens when you call the meeting? You have to be very careful. Now I'm going to shout the key word. I'm going to shout the key word. You don't miss it. The technology, the way you go about solving a pre-problem is significantly different from the way you go about solving a problem. When you have a problem, which is you are in control of the situation, you have to be knowledgeable about the problem and how to solve it. You have to be a technocrat, you might call it. You have to know the content. If I'm going to solve a problem with a car, I better know how to repair a car. I don't need the cooperation of anyone. I just need the tools. I go there and I fix the car. If I have to fix a pipe, I don't need the cooperation. I just need the tools and knowledge, you see? So you have to be a technician. When you need the cooperation of others, you cannot be a technician. You can make the following mistake. You're using the technology of solving a problem in solving a pre-problem. It does not work. You're trying using the technology of fixing a car when you're fixing an airplane. It's not good enough. And it's a mistake you will do. You call a meeting and you say, ladies and gentlemen, we have a problem and my solution is, and what's going to happen? They're going to look at you and what's going to cross their mind is, since it is your solution, it's your problem. What the hell do you want from us? They will just sit there and just look at you. Expect you to pull the rabbit out of the head. It's your problem. It's your responsibility. It's your problem. That's what happens with trade unions. The company is losing money. The company is going south. The company is in trouble. And what do the unions say? It's your problem management. It's your responsibility. You solve it. But they cannot solve it. Management cannot solve it unless there is a cooperation of the unions. You know that? We need your cooperation to solve the problem. So what do you need to do when you go to that meeting? You have to say, ladies and gentlemen, we have a problem. And what is your solution to? You have to create a common interest. You have to say, guys, we have a problem. Here is my problem. Let me tell you, you have a problem too. And you have a problem too. We all have a problem. We share a problem. Hey, unions, you have a problem too. We are in the same boat. We have a problem. And then you have to look for our solution, not my solution, our solution. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And we have to find a common solution. Let's talk about it a little bit more after the break. Whether the market's up or down, 
or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Top Leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30-minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. You see, this technology of solving a pre-problem, getting the people to cooperate to solve the problem, because their cooperation is necessary. Without that cooperation, it's not going to be solved. Let me give you an example from my professional experience. 1982, oh my God, 30 years ago, I was invited by Bank of America to help them solve the problem. What was the problem? They were bureaucratized, big bureaucracy, losing market share, losing clients, and they needed to change to become more vibrant. I can share you this information because 30 years have passed by. All the players are not around anymore, so it's not a secret. And uh, the president, Sam Almacost, as a matter of fact, asked me, how do we change? How do we change the culture? How do we make this organization more vibrant, more passionate, more willing to change? Well, I'm not a consultant, you see, I will not write a report and give advice. I have to create the conditions whereby the people themselves want to change. 
because the people won't have to want to change in order for change to happen. So I said, get me all the movers and shakers of the organization into the same room. And by the way, in all organizations, it's not too many people. In the case of Bank of America, it was only about 40. All the regional vice presidents, all the staff vice presidents, two or three members of the board. And if you really look at it, it's not such a big group. I analyzed the country of Sweden also 30 years ago. You can get the whole country change if you get 120 people in the room. Leaders of the unions, of the parties, and some of the bureaucracy, and and then some of the businessmen, and you have it, you have it. It's 120 people. I did the same thing for Greece. I analyzed Greece for the Prime Minister Mitsotakis also 20 years ago. It's not a big group. Get them in one room. And what's your problem, really, is how to get them in the room. And if you cannot solve that problem, you're not going to solve the problem. Like United States now, the year 2011, December 2011, Obama is not going to solve our problems, economic problems, unless the two parties start talking in unison. As long as they're fighting, we're not going to solve the problem. So Obama's problem really is not economic conditions. It's Obama's problem really is how to make the parties talk to each other, how to create a common, common ground here, common, common language, common interest. That is the real problem. That's what I call a pre-problem. How to call them into the room. So in the case of Bank of America, it was not an issue. The president said we have a management meeting anyway in Silverado next to San Francisco. And oh, we can give you three hours of, of our time. No problem. But that's all we can give you. How would you do it? I said, don't worry. We can do it. So, all the 40 people were in the room, all the movers and shakers of the bank. And I asked them to write on a piece of paper the top 10 problems, no less than five and no more than 10, that the bank has. And here is the condition, here is the instructions I gave, and I'm offering you to do the same thing yourself now or in your own company. So listen to my rules. Get all the movers and shakers into the room and tell them, Write down on a piece of paper the five to ten problems that the company has. But here are the rules. Number one, you're not allowed to share with anybody what you have written. Absolutely not. It's between you and the piece of paper. And when you finish writing, you're allowed to tear it apart, chew it and swallow it, you know, like in Skype, in a, in a spy movies, you know. Just uh, nobody will know what you have written. Why am I saying that? So that you can be honest. For goodness sake, the starting point of, being, of solving a problem is to be honest. Be honest. What are the five to ten top problems of the company? Next. Write them in a way that is controllable. Remember the word controllable? We covered it last week at the beginning of this session. It has to be controllable by the people in the room. So don't tell me what they should do. Tell me what the problems that we can and should solve. So don't tell me unpredictable interest rates. Say we don't have a strategy to deal with unpredictable interest rates. It has to be controllable by the people in the room. Look around. Next, no names. We are not looking for who did something wrong. 
You're looking for what has the potential to be improved. That's what we're looking for. What, now, how, not who, when, why. They wrote it down, no problem. When they finished writing, I said, don't tell me what you have written. Just hold on to your piece of paper and don't share it to anybody. How many of the problems you have in your piece of paper have you had last year? I've done this maybe a thousand times in the last 40 years. And my associates, we have offices all over the world that have done it and we always get the same answer. Almost always. It is almost 100%. People say 100%. Maybe 90%. But it's never less than 80%. Same problems last year. If you had all these problems last year, how many of these problems have you had two years ago? Oh, most of them. How many of these problems have you had three years ago? Oh, most of them. Now the next question. If you had the same problems for the last three years, what's the probability you're going to have the same problems in the next three years? Usually people's face kind of get long. You know, they lower their eyes and look at the ground. Most of them. I will tell you something else. Not most of them. You'll have more. Because problems accumulate. These chronic problems accumulate. And now let me tell you why you have this problem. Look at what you have written. How many of the problems that you have written can any single individual can, underline the word can, not should, can, can solve by himself. Here is the president, the CEO of the company sitting here, chairman of the board is sitting here. They are responsible for everything, right? Why don't we give them all the problems? Solve them. How many of these problems can any individual solve himself or herself? Zero. Is it true? Zero. They cannot. They should, they want to, but they cannot. Why? It is why. How many of the problems that you have on your piece of paper and I don't know what you have written? If I had a magic pill and I made you all cooperate and agree to, how many of these problems can be solved? All of them. If there was such a magic pill. And by the way, let me make a little commercial here. I have the magic pill. We know how to do that. That's what we specialize in, and I encourage you to read my books, tapes, or call for our services. So what does it really mean? The problem is not what you have written on that piece of paper. What you have written on the piece of paper is a manifestation of the problem. What is the problem? You are not working together. That is the problem. So you don't have a problem. You have a pre-problem. And until you learn to work together, the problem will not be solved. Thank you.
Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.